Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 71. You're with myself, Paul Spain. Nathan Mercer. And Di Henwood. Hey, great to have uh, great to have you guys on the show. Oh, it's it's a pleasure to be here. It's been this is my um, third appearance, and um, it's in it's in plusher surrounds. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you appreciate our uh, our new studio surroundings in my office. Gorilla technology. Yes, that's where we are. I love the painting on the wall. It's sort of a, a, a bluey pastel. I was just looking around, thinking, "Oh, did I put that cool <laughs> painting up?" And then it was like, "No, he's talking about the." Uh, yeah, the wall. Thanks for that, Nathan. It's okay. And it's been a while. It's been quite a long time is, since we've had you on. I can't remember whether this is the second time or the third time I've been here, but yeah, thanks for the invite back. And yeah. it's probably been about a year, hasn't it? It's probably been about a year. Yeah. Yep. And what's been happening for you in uh, in the land of Microsoft? Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, work at work at the the mothership there. But um, yeah, we're just busy at the moment. Windows eight coming out soon, obviously, and um, I'm also quite busy doing Server 2012 stuff. So. Probably not super interesting to your audience, but um, yeah, Windows 8, a lot of stuff happening there. A couple of weeks away from before the release preview comes out, um, and we've been kind of dribbling out a little bit more information over the last couple of weeks about the new UI and some of the new desktopy things. Um, and everyone will be able to get their hands on that um, in just over two weeks. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of sort of um, big, long, lengthy. Uh, descriptions of a lot of the Windows 8 technology on that building Windows 8 uh, blog, which is sort of more targeted developers and so on, isn't it, than yeah. than the general public? But for those that are really really keen on keeping up with it, there's uh, there has been some interesting reading on there. I think that you know one of the things I like about that is the fact that we're actually we've actually been quite open and transparent about the reasons behind why we do things, which I think is quite different than a lot of the other companies that make operating systems. Um, we're we're actually explaining the way you know why we do it, um, and which is generating some interesting debate, isn't it? Because it's not only it's not just putting out the opinion, but actually there's all of these discussions facts. that are going on below with people's opinions, and you know sometimes you've got uh, Stephen Sonoski, who's at, you know the head of Windows, actually jumping in and replying to some of those. That's actually quite fascinating to see that level of openness. The quote that sums it up for me about what it's like for actually designing Windows is it's like ordering pizza for a billion people. <laughs> Yeah, how do you how do you make sure everyone gets their toppings on? That's that's the challenge for something for a product like Windows. Yeah, well, you want to keep it all transparent. You don't want to be behind closed doors like those Linux types. <laughs> you know, that's that's all backhand deals. <laughs> Desi- <laughs> designed by committee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting game. But certainly, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in a couple of weeks when we get that uh, that release preview. And I think uh, genuine is a real interest out there amongst businesses in Windows Server 2012, that next version, uh, and the system center sort of management uh, product. So you've been you've been pretty heavily involved in the um, uh, the presentation of that to businesses and and uh, and technology companies over the last few weeks too, right? Yeah, my my day job basically revolves around talking to people about Windows 8 and about Windows Server 2012, and um, obviously I'm biased and stuff, but. Um, really, you know, I've been at Microsoft 12, 13 years or something, and, and um, I've never really seen so much interest in a server product before. You know, we, the marketing people talk about cloud and, and all this stuff, and I, I, I think the New Zealanders in particular are really getting uh, – there, there's so many new features coming in this new server release that, that solve problems that people are actually having today around cloud and virtualization and, and all these things. And um, I, you know, obviously biased, but I think it is going to be a, a, a pretty popular release. Um, Did, can I just ask a question? With the, like, it's obviously coming out in sort of a, um, a drizzle, if you will, of previews. Is that an, an, an effort to get people used to Windows 8? Because it's obviously going to be a shock to your sort of um, mum and dad users. Um, you know, as a massive jump from just a Windows 7 even. Yeah. Um, is it sort of, so it's out on the market, people are getting used to the look of it, it's getting a lot of publicity rather than, as you said, like doing it behind closed doors then flicking the switch and going, here's what you're dealing with. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely about getting feedback early enough so so, so we can change things. And, and I guess um, it, 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 it's always a work in progress, you know. These things are never done, but... 
when we when we first kind of opened the kimono and started talking about Windows 8 back in September. That's got to be the slogan. <laughs> Windows 8, opening the kimono. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that was the first time people got their hands on it. But really, um, you know, end users weren't using it because the, the, you know, the, the user interface wasn't there. It was for developers to start yeah. writing apps. And, and um, you know, the first time we, we kind of expected end users to start playing with it and giving us feedback... Um, was on February 29 when the when the um, consumer preview yeah. came out, um, and so yeah, it's, it's basically about getting feedback early so we can you know we can make changes in the product and you know and get it out there and um, yeah so in, in two or three weeks time the the new version the new um, release preview build comes out which in, in our old language we used to call that release candidate so we're now calling it release preview. Um, and that's basically the the last release before it goes final, and and there will still be changes after that. Um, but there's there's definitely been a lot of um, say, shall we say, uh, enthusiastic comments about the new Windows 8 look and feel, the Metro Start screen, and things like that. And um, there's been there's been a lot of pushback, and I think the pushback is because it's change, and a lot of people are you know don't necessarily like change, and um, you know, Windows 8 is new. It's different. It is going to take people maybe a while to to get their head around it. The the the, the same things that people are saying, the, the same negative things that people are saying about Windows 8. If I cast my mind back five years ago or three years ago, they said the th- the same things about Windows 7. They said the same things about Vista. They said the same same things about Windows XP. You know, there'll when... always be complaints about change, won't there? And what I've noticed, uh, because I'm following this release alongside, uh, you know, Apple with their new version of uh, OS X with Mountain Lion, is there's a whole lot of complaints there ar- around that, in the same sort of vein of oh, why do you have to change this and that? And we, we want, you know, oh, don't sort of dull it down that way and make it so, you know, this, that and the other thing. Uh, and, it, I mean, there is a there is a whole change going on um, and it's bringing together the, the sort of the touch type interfaces we're used to on our mobile devices um, with our desktop and laptop and, and tablet operating systems. So it's just something I think that we'll cope with and realistically, you know, most things actually stay the same. Most of the changes that people are scared about are actually not that difficult to sort of to deal with and yeah there'll be a few annoyances and so on but uh, I think there's more upside than there's downside yeah well it's a, I, I believe it's change is something that has to happen and dumbing down is something that has to happen that's a natural progression as mobile devices everyone gets a smartphone I mean so that's evolution numbers, isn't it as yeah. we go back to being apes then uh, <laughs> you know we've, we've got but, to have that but I mean dumbing down not in a negative way sure it, it, people within sort of circles we're going like going under the hood like fiddling with stuff however now um, my mum's got a nice laptop a smartphone it needs to be easy for her to operate but she actually uses that in in her workplace so it is that sort of when 90% of people are using this technology it has to be accessible for that 90% which um, I know in Mac circles is angering people because Mac is considered often as the pro end of um, audio graphic design and they're dumbing down their OS and their uh, flagship products like um, where Final Cut moved to Final X and now people are worried about whether the Mac Pros will disappear and so forth because they're doing the flip side of almost they're going for what Microsoft had the dominance of. They want that middle ground now rather than just the, the, quotes, high-end users. Yep. Now... um, Talking about sort of new technology, one of the uh, rumours that's been floating around um, and and pretty much expected is that we're going to see a new uh, a new MacBook Pro coming out fairly shortly. They're talking about sort of the same as what we're seeing on the PC side, where we where we've got um, uh, Ultrabooks and their various other names for these sort of thin and light uh, devices. That we're going to see uh, something similar happen to the MacBook Pro. Uh, just get a little bit sleeker, a little bit better. Maybe drop the uh, the DVD drive actually out of the machine. Um, so it's good. It's good now, to hear. I've got a, a comment on that. Like I, um, my road computer is an air. I like that purely because of the weight. I was talking to a good friend today who um, he works as a cameraman, 
and um, he was saying he loves the Air, but the the flip for him on a MacBook Pro would be the Retina display coming to it. Because if you're working on the road with a light computer that has got a display like that, then that's that's definitely going to um, make a mark somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. No, the um, if they bump up those resolutions on the laptop screens, it's going to be quite uh, quite nice. And we were just talking earlier about how you know comparing, say, the iPad to. Uh, um, to the iPad 3, that you know the the difference yeah. you get so used to that high resolution screen. Um, now the other thing we've been playing around with these new handsets here. We've got the die. Uh, you've got the HTC One uh, X. Yes, uh, and I, I I I have this One X in my hands, and also I have a confession to make. I've been um, two weeks Android. Everyone. Wow. <laughs> I've been using as my daily driver an Android um, device. I've been using the Galaxy Nexus because, um, as people who know me would know, I've been an Apple fanboy for quite a while and um, I sold my shares up and I um, <laughs> uh, I sold my shares up and with 0.0001% of that money I bought uh, Galaxy Nexus and um, I, I've really been um, enjoying it I have I think Android since I last gave it a good go has really settled I don't know whether that's to do with a lot of the devices coming out have they're specced up to the eyeballs so they're running everything faster um, well, these handsets are pretty high spec, right? Like the the HTC One X is, you know, a quad core CPU. You've got, uh, yeah, plenty of um, storage in there, but certainly performance wise. Now it's running a, a Tegra chip, is that right? Because I read somewhere rooms that the H the problem with the One X is it can't run all Android apps because it's running a Tegra ch- chip in it, where a lot of them run off. Um, oh, it slipped my mind. Um, off the other chipset. So yeah, I mean, I guess that that's one of the um, one of the the challenges with the way that uh, Android is sort of so open to running across a range of um, uh, different you know hardware platforms it means that not everything will run on every single uh, you know every single phone or every single uh, device. And yeah, that, that's 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 going to be one of those. Um, the the upside on the um, I the, think it's a Tegra three. Yeah, the, the one Tegra X. three. Yeah. Um, the upside I'd say of the HTC One X um, against the Galaxy Nexus. I mean, and we're lucky enough to have the um, Galaxy S three in the studio as well. Um, as Samsung have gone a bit light on the build quality. This One X has uh, almost unibody sort of design. They've made a point of writing on the back that you've got a small version of Dr. Dre inside this <laughs> particular handset Be- with Beats, Beats, Audio. Beats Audio. Beats Audio. Um, well, they, they, they bought out Beats Audio yeah. for a few hundred million. I'm not sure. Uh, I think they bought it out for the look, to be honest, because what um, the iPhone established was this white headphone cult. Mm. So now um, Beats really has established the red headphone cult. All you have to do is watch the Rugby World Cup last year and the amount of taped over Beats audio headphones that (laughs) every player was wearing. And um, it was a joy that they got wrestled out of such a heinous company like Monster, who overpriced everything. But hey, we all enjoy buying a three hundred dollar HDMI cable. <laughs> but the, um, yeah, the Beats Audio. We should in chat here. about that at some yeah. stage, actually. But <laughs> um, the Beats Audio is in here. I, I must say, I haven't given a, a good run around with the music, but um, I enjoy the camera app and the One X. It definitely um, it has a few more, a bit more of a suite of filters, and um, it feels like a solid phone to me. It runs extremely fast, and um, it's got. A watered down version of Sense on it, HTC's um, uh, skin of Android. I I'm a fan of that vanilla Android that's on the Galaxy Nexus, and I do wish that um, there was everyone just went for the three platform um, scenario. I was saying to Nathan earlier on how um, I really love Windows Phone and iOS because they have a clean design they go for one look i found it quite hard to even though you've got all your different widgets and your different apps i found it quite hard to get my home screen looking how consistent i like it yeah consistency and um that's like i'm looking at his uh, lumia 800 
I'm a bit of an industrial design geek, and I went back to the iPhone, and when it's got an, a bit of weight, a bit of weight to it, it's it's got some heft to it. This HTC has got a nice feel to it. So I've, I've got the um, the Galaxy 3 in my hand, and it's the first time I've actually held this device in my hand. Well, there's probably only a few people in New Zealand that have. Probably, so. yeah. So I've, I've seen the One X before. I've been reading the blogs. I think Telecom, Vodo, and Two Degrees have announced they're going to be selling the One X. Uh, the One X is in the market now. I okay. think prob- probably across all of the carriers, but definitely the Galaxy S3 is going to be across all of the carriers. So I've been reading about both of the devices, and it's quite interesting because um, you read the media and they're basically saying it's going to be you know the showdown between the, these two kind of premier Android devices, and I, I, for me, I actually like the feel of the One X better that Dye's got. I like the um, I like the kind of matte the matte finish. I there like, there I is like something the really nice about the 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 physical um, industrial design. You know, as Dye says, it it does feel nice, and the sort of the curved edges actually on the screen. Um, remind me actually of the of the Lumia 800 in terms of the way they've done that. Yeah. I have um, read some uh, reports of people who have been using the One X, however, and going into the pocket and so forth. It is um, absorbing gene colour <laughs> and so forth. The Ooh. white one especially. So like, and that's over a two week period. And um, I don't know whether that was a run on. This was um, from two early advanced reviewers where that was a run on their earlier or whether that was a run on the, the ink on their jeans the ink or, on their uh, oh no know. but not like a um, wipe off like it was bonding mm. with the mm. plastic Oh, it might be nice if you want a uh, new colour for your white <laughs> phone, but uh, uh, probably uh, not by not by design. Yeah, the, the and, and, I mean interesting specs because they are basically very similar. There's phones, a there's right? a lot of similarities when we when we look through the um, the Galaxy S3 has 4.8 inch as opposed to a 4.7 inch screen, so very close there. Uh, same actual uh, Reza. Uh, resolution, um, so they're sort of 720p. The screens uh, do the resolution. screens do look beautiful. They yeah. look really nice. Uh, my preference was the Samsung Galaxy S3 in terms of the, just something about the way that the the display sort of looks on it. Um, yeah, that that was my my preference. Um, there's a better front facing camera on the S3 as a 1.9 um, megapixel, which is is pretty high res for that um, forward facing. And um, um, in case you're OCD enough not to just want to take one photo, this um, takes a, the S3 takes can 20, take quite 20, a burst. Yeah, the 20 burst shots, which is amazing. I mean, that was one of the things I remembered from the launch event was just seeing how many shots that can take really quickly. And yeah, I've got a digital SLR camera, and it and it feels as though it's shooting just about as quick as as what a you know, I mean, even the top-end digital SLRs do about 10 frames a second. Uh, you know, that could be a five or $10,000 camera. And this is shooting, I think it's six or eight uh, frames per second. Uh, I think eight off the top of my head, which is, is really, um, really impressive. And I'm um, holding this up. This S- Galaxy S3 just winked at me. Because um, <laughs> if you've seen Samsung's publicity, the S3 will... Um, follow you it'll it'll look at you in the morning it will follow <laughs> follow you down a dark alley late at night it'll make sure you're always there and it, it's got its eye on you and um the screen stays awake if you're reading it like i'm just been holding it up and looking at it and every sort of 10 to 15 seconds a little eye winks at Pops the top to check if you're if check. you're still looking rather than just going to sleep like like i normally would so yeah there's i mean there's definitely some cool differences um in I terms of the new zealand release um the Galaxy S3 comes with 16 gigs worth of storage. Now, there may be bigger capacities that get launched here later. They're definitely available. But as far as I'm aware, the carriers haven't signed up for that. Um, but you can add more storage to it, uh, whereas the One X comes with uh, a big chunk of storage to start with, 32 gigs, uh, but doesn't let you add to it because of that unibody. And I guess that's one of the flip sides. Between you know between those two cases, Samsung have taken that approach of their previous models, which is to allow you get in, change the battery if you need to have a spare battery or it wears out, or if you want to expand the storage, you can get in there and do that, whereas you, you don't have those options with the unibody on the One X. So, yeah. So and I think the... I think the you know, the geek in me probably likes the Galaxy 3 more because of the fact it's got a removable battery. I can put an SD card in. 
I can watch those Russian satellites, uh, Glosnos or whatever it was we were talking about. Yeah, it's, it's quite cool that it? it's got, I think, uh, Glonass or have yeah. you pronounce it, um, uh, which so it's picking up as well as the the um, American uh, GPS satellites is picking up those Russian ones as well. So potentially that um, may give you better results in some in some situations. Uh, and if I, you just didn't want one big brother, you can have two big brothers. Yeah, well, you're looking in at them. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't hopefully know uh, who you are. And um, this is running yet another, similar to um, HTC with their sense, a watered-down version of TouchWiz compared to what was on the, um, the previous um, version. And I must say, I think it was because I loved Scouts when I was younger, I'm a big fan of Toggles, and this... The TouchWiz has a wonderful toggling system on the notifications menu for all your Bluetooth driving mode and your power saving and all that sort of thing. It does work nice, but um, still, I think um, it's not quite as nice as the vanilla sort of ICS. But I personally, if I was to have to back one, I can see the Samsung um, S3 selling more units. In fact, yeah, I was read we, somewhere we, that they're we, getting we, ridiculous the, amounts the, of orders. They've had 9 million pre-orders as that, of last that's, week. That's the word, isn't it? Mm. Um, and <laughs> we, we, you know, we were talking recently that they sold 20 million of the Gam- Samsung Galaxy S2. And you know, I was saying, well, I wouldn't be surprised if they sell double that this time. They sell 40 million. I mean, if they've got 9 million pre-sales. And Samsung, just as a brand now, it's so strong there. You know, the, the, there's that recognition. Whereas HTC, um, they've been making smartphones for a long time, but they haven't got the same brand recognition because that's all they make. Yeah. You know, they're not known for making stunning TVs and you know the other bits and pieces that Samsung have, have used to establish their brand. Well, what uh, don't Samsung? Oh, I saw in my fridges. I saw an amazing Samsung fridge actually. Really? Yeah. They get, they, they've got a diverse product line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't usually get too excited about fridges, but maybe we'll uh, we'll have to save that up for another well, you episode. Should, I'm starting a fridge podcast if you guys the New <laughs> go Z- to New Zealand. NewZealandFridgePodcast.com, is it, Di? Yeah, there's a lot of news out there, so we're going to be doing two podcasts a week. <laughs> 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 awesome. Well, I'll be looking forward to my invite as a uh, as a guest after I've thoroughly uh, uh, looked into the subject and eaten what's in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, where were we? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there is a lot that to differentiate these two on the software side as well, and that's an area where just in a quick look like this, it's hard to boil that down. So um, I will be... Um, turning off my my windows phone tonight and uh and i will be um doing as much as i can across these two devices over the next couple of weeks while i'm here in new zealand and uh um and i'm popping across to sydney next week for the um for the galaxy s3 sort of um launch or whatever it is that they've got on there i haven't actually um been told officially so um yeah it'll be I'll, I'll come back anyway on the podcast probably in a couple of weeks with a little bit more feedback on that sort of the hands-on experience with some of those cool little software uh features that help to differentiate the devices um and and also on the battery life because that's been one of the areas that i guess uh is a bit of a challenge we get screen uh phones with bigger screens brighter screens uh, you know, quad core processes, all that sort of stuff is is what you expect to burn through the battery. It, it, it'll be yeah, it'll be great to know some actually some real world stuff around that. Mm. I mean, I've um, I've been following some of the people that have been playing with the One X um, here in New Zealand, and it there doesn't it, you don't seem to get great feedback about the battery life. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, well, there's about a fifteen percent bigger battery in the. Um, in the Samsung, um, right. so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how noticeable that is, or whether you know how both vendors have gone in terms of their software uh, tweaks. The other thing that's uh, that will be interesting um, is it's rumoured that we will see um, Samsung deliver a Windows phone later on in the year um, that's likely to match up very closely to the Galaxy S3 in terms of specs but running the Windows Phone 8 operating system when that lands later on in the year. So I know, you know, across listeners, it tend, you know, tends to be people will move into sort of a iOS, iPhone, Windows Phone or Android sort of camp and maybe not move around so much. Um, that said, we've got plenty of listeners that have that moved between them. But uh, for those that are interested in one platform or another, I think, um, yeah, that'll be worth watching what happens in this space because 
and I imagine similar from HTC, we'll end up seeing Windows phones with very similar, um, you know, specifications and functionality later on in the year. And I, I think so you don't get too trapped into any camp. It's a good idea to fragment your um, <laughs> sort of own self online. Like I, I made a sort of conscientious effort to fragment my... Um, data between email contacts and so forth so it wasn't locked in one place in so one you can camp. move so you, you've got contacts that are accessible for instance i'd like to always keep it synced with google because then it's easier to get that out onto somewhere else whether it be yeah. android and then you can get that into windows and you can get it into sort of um i into your iCloud scenario as well because that that'd be the big problem as i know Someone, if someone buys the One X and they've been so entrenched in Apple and don't really realise that it's a wee bit more than just turning it on and all your kits there and you've got iOS Photo Stream running, which isn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it is worth having some caution there. Um, that said, it's pretty easy to move music and most things around from one one to another. Um, now, in terms of music, there's been um, there's been some news uh, today. I think uh, Spotify launched here in New Zealand. Now, that's one of a number of um, uh, music streaming services that uh, that are available here. Now, we had RDO that launched uh, earlier on in the year, where you pay a you know fixed fee per month and you get unlimited uh, music access you, with with RDO that you can download or stream. Um, now. Who's been using Spotify? Have you been? I've been using uh, both. Both. I've been um, audio. I cancelled my um, subscription today, actually, because Spotify is coming in seven dollars cheaper, just under seven dollars cheaper a month. They have more songs available. Um, Their integration with Facebook uh, is very slick. Like um, I noticed, because I'd been using it through the US. I've been sort of using a workaround to have yep. a, a premium US. service through the US yep. scenario. Then once I went on today, swapped over my country, came to New Zealand. Friends, the pickup today I found, especially within my wider circle, was huge. Like yeah, I've seen, people I've seen were just pouring well. onto it. Heaps mm, of notifications mm. coming in. Now, there's actually been a few people complaining about the Facebook integration, saying they want to log on to Spotify without a Facebook account. And from what I can tell, there's actually no way to do that. You, you have to authenticate against Facebook to do that. So. No, you can You can set up a separate oh, Spotify can? account. Okay. And then when you open up, if you go under the file setting, yep. you can start a private session. Okay. So you can run it very much like you'd run private browsing. Because I saw, I saw quite a few people complaining about that today. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I, I definitely... Um, I don't want people knowing that I'm really obsessed with Delta Goodrum, you know, just because she's opening for State of Origin tomorrow night. I mean, I just want to catch up on a few of her tunes. Well, don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is interesting to have one of those kind of big services, you know, legally available in New Zealand. We've kind of talked about it for a while. There's all these services, you know, overseas. Um, I, I do kind of wonder if Spotify, uh, I believe they're actually a Swedish company. That's right, yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons why they've actually, you know, not, you know, not just come out in America, they've kind of come out worldwide because they're not actually an American company. Yeah, um, um, uh, my, big, my big worry is I use it at home a lot. Um, I do think, will things like Spotify and Audio push the telecos to move above this three, two to three gig limit they seem to have deemed everyone uses on um, on their phones? Because, you know, there's no plan to go, oh, you could chuck, chuck down another 30 bucks and... I think two degrees is going more that two, way. Two degrees, you, 12 gigs, $99, best deal out there. They've, they've, they've definitely got point. yeah a bigger a bigger chunk than you can get with with anyone else because you pull I I listen to it a lot at the gym because it's great things for um you, if you see me on the street probably see I'm pretty buff and go he goes to the gym a lot <laughs> and um but it's when you're at the gym you can do things like search gym playlists you yeah. know rather yeah. and then suddenly you know so it, I I really enjoy that aspect of it not which you, is social you, but you not, enjoy not having to worry about blowing your data cap and getting yeah but then you're 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 at the gym i would train one session say eight nine hours you know <laughs> you've, you've streamed a lot of music at that time and a month you two gigs is gone yeah yeah well and and i think we're certainly heading in that direction of you know more and more for you for your money but yeah that said there was the the three gig uh you know sort of semi freebie that the bundle that vodafone were doing i don't think we've seen any uh bundles that sort of big 
recently just sort of thrown in. But uh, on the flip side, I guess overall the rates are sort of coming down. So, And I suppose everyone's making those moves. Of, of Quite a few telecos have doubled their broadband allowances, so whether that will translate. No, I was reading a wee bit about telecom rolling out their... Um, some sort of LTE service towards the yeah, end of we, the year. Yeah, we chatted about that um, oh, last, week. last week. So there was there's a trial that's sort of kicking in. Um, and, yeah, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that once we get a chance if to have, have a play with it. It's um, kind of interesting marketing because they, uh, they're basically kind of marketing this 4G thing before it's kind of, you know, officially available or ready mm-hmm. or even selling it. And, um, you know, they've actually they've been advertising in the paper. They've been advertising it online and... Um, the, the, you know, the, there's, there's, there's something to be said about kind of you know technology marketing, you know, under promising, over delivering, not the other way around. Yeah, and, and especially um, how it's established that 4G is a mythical beast yep, that yep. can transform into whatever a yep. company would like it Exa- to be. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think enough on uh, on 4G for this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be on to 6G we'll, we'll, next week. We'll, so. just, we'll just leave it at that. Um, I, I don't know if either of you caught our discussion around 4G and uh, some are on a, a few episodes back, but uh, yeah, ha- have have a listen to that if you want to hear how awesome uh, 4G uh, isn't necessarily. Um, now. In other topics, there's been just local local news. Uh, a couple of acquisitions in the in the last week or two. Um, so Maxnet, which is the ISP we've been we've been talking about a little bit uh, recently with their fixed internet service, uh, they've just been bought by uh, Vocus uh, out of Australia. Now Vocus is interesting because um, they basically are a, a Southern Cross um, Southern Cross cable wholesaler. So they basically have a network that covers. Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the US, um, and you know, big carriers like Vodafone use them for their their interconnect uh, into Australia and probably probably into the US as well. So they're basically this Australian company that have bought Maxnet, who are who are an ISP here. Uh, Maxnet have also got a pretty big data centre uh, over in the North Shore, I think it is. Um, so you know, you would look at it and you'd say they've basically bought this ISP probably for their customers for their cloud hosting and you'd kind of have to wonder you know are they doing this so new zealand companies can also have access to faster cloud services in australia um and i think that's probably the most interesting thing about that acquisition is um you know some of the cloud services that maybe are potentially coming into australia soon yeah i I think yeah and interesting to see that play because they're not known as an isp in the australian market so you've got to think that they're probably looking at some of the other assets of of Maxnet, such as their uh, their data centre. Um, I was sort of curious with the timing of this, and obviously this will have been going on for a little while. Uh, whether you know the the attention that Fix got well, uh, has you... has had to have played into what was going on here might might have had uh, some sort of an impact. I think if you read between the lines, um, the the CEO at, at Fix, which was a, I don't know if they were a subsidiary of Maxnet, but, but you know, they were owned by Maxnet, who's now owned by Vocus. When, when they got asked in the media about why they weren't basically going ahead with their global mode service, they basically said something like, we got some legal advice from Trans-Tasman. Now, you'd basically say, well, it was Vocus that, probably stop that because um, you know they're in Australia and um, you, you know you'd have to wonder whether there was some Australian pressure coming on there uh, about you know this company being able to access you know geoblock services um, and, you know, and maybe yeah there's a there's a potential for that I mean I, I've had a little bit of a dig and didn't get didn't get a heavy impression that that was an issue um, but and also, it, it wasn't clear that this service might not come back in the future. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll keep a little bit of an open open mind. But the nice thing is with Fix, it's still actually a really good value sort of pay-as-you-go oh, yeah. internet, right. internet offering. Um, and and being through Maxnet, that leverages off that uh, uh, Vocus sort of uh, relationship. And, you know, we've seen situations with some ISPs, such as Telecom, uh, 
and and so on where where it can be quite hard to get to some Australian online services uh, but ISPs uh, like Maxnet and Vodafone that are using uh, Vocus often getting better performance to those Australian services so there's there's probably some uh, some good signs out of this yeah, I mean, I personally, uh, I've been trying to use a few Australian services. Um, geo-blocking is the bane of my entire life, really, and um, I use a lot of workarounds. I mean, this week was just setting up the US Xbox um, account <laughs> for me so I can put Netflix onto my Xbox. But um, I'm a massive rugby league fan. There's so much content that you cannot watch around State of Origin, a lot of apps that you download. Mm. I'm um, trying to... Australia's one that I'm yet, yet to... To broker into, but um, in in my ideal world, we wouldn't need um companies to have to set up all these services. We'd just have geo blocking removed, and I'm willing to pay for my content. Yep. It doesn't matter. I'll you'll pay lots and lots. And yeah, lots well, I'll, of pa- money. I'll pay, and uh, you know, if if it's reasonable, Ta- I'll, please, I'll buy it. Please take my money. Yeah, take yeah. my money. Yeah, please. yeah. I'm trying exactly. to give it to you, mate. But instead, you have to do the workaround. Yeah. Well, well, in that space, interesting. There's been a few bits of news um, over the last few weeks, and and some just in the last few days. Uh, you know, you were talking about getting streaming content onto your onto your Xbox. Um, and for those that are interested, we do have a, a, a blog post up on the nztechpodcast.com uh, website about how to get these, you know, some of these services like Netflix running on the Xbox. Um, but in the last few days, there was an update for um, the Foxtel app for Xbox 360, which is, I guess, Australia's kind of equivalent of Sky TV. Um, that's one of their big pay TV networks, and they have a... a a, a great app that's just been updated so it supports all the connect functionality as well um, and I believe that gives you on demand content as well as live content is that right Nathan you I'm not, I actually on? haven't used that service yeah. so, so and is that purely in Australia though? so that's, uh, that's in Australia Fox so you'd have to runs quite a tight yeah tight so ship. you would have to jump through some hoops and probably know somebody over there who's already using um, Foxtel um, pay TV in Australia to be able to then you know hook into the back of it much like so, I take it the HBO Go apps work where you yeah. actually where you have to have a terrestrial signal yep. to um, yeah so not something that we would really endorse but there probably is a way to, if you were really keen just to see how it worked you really want to um, watch that latest episode of Neighbours <laughs> <laughs> then uh, finally then, yeah, away then yeah you could probably throw a lot of money at it and you would be able to watch that very new you know episode yeah, well, home and away, you could actually be in Alf's coffee shop with Connect. <laughs> <laughs> um, like just on just on that, uh, you know, legal and geo blocking and stuff. Um, I, I don't think you've got this on your list, Paul. But there was a, uh, I read an interesting article a couple of days ago. Um, you, some of you might remember there used to be a service in the US uh, called LimeWire, which used to be one of the oh, yeah. used to be one of the biggest ways that people acquired their uh, their, their music. Um, the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association, um, just got permission to sue them for seventy-two trillion dollars, which, if you don't know, is a, a lot, lot of money. money. <laughs> and uh, you know, the interesting thing about that figure is it's like more money than all of the countries in the world's GDPs added up, like ever. Like, it's well, just did a, you know that? that like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> I want to see, um, yeah, see what the outcome of that is. Well, actually. I was talking to a um, talking to a judge actually years ago, and LimeWire was the most tracked um, site for illegal, obviously, internet pornography, and that was one of the that was the first majorly watched yeah. site and the most site to ever come into court on mm. um, completely non music related. Things and that that was one of the things that really sparked investigators into seeing how much of this P2P stuff was actually going on because they they're looking for this dodgy yeah. content then they suddenly see shivers there's like millions of people sharing well, this, Rihanna the, tunes even, even the name P2P you know yeah. I mean, that, that's <laughs> yeah. going to get the cops in this yeah. country fired up P P there's the, P online the P, how are they doing this <laughs> they've got to get rid of that UFP there's too much <laughs> P going through it. <laughs> Um, now Netflix for those that are using it updated web client uh, I think just in the last week as well so uh, if you don't use Netflix online um, but you haven't had a look it, it is actually a good it's way, way. It's, a, it's a good way to uh, to access Netflix in a situation long, long overdue they yeah. had quite a sloppy sort of interface yeah. and, um, and I've, I, I've found I've sort of re 
it's reinvigorated my um, love for Netflix because I find I'm um, f- exploring a lot more new content. I think it's because my wife's using it and watching some strange documentaries. So it's now uh, between what I'm watching, I'm watching old wrestling and she's watching serious documentaries. So we're getting quite an, an intriguing mix of what to watch next. <laughs> so would you, would you, um, you know, endorse having a, um, th- this technology I think we heard about recently where um, you could share one TV, you each put different glasses on, you'd see a different, uh, a different picture? Wow, I I no I I uh, that's a variation I'm, on the 3D sort of t- you know TV where basically depending on how your glasses are sort of phased you know one viewer will see one one will see the other you'd need headphones of of course otherwise I, I, it'd be no, pretty noisy. I like noisy. the thing of being forced to watch something I wouldn't normally watch because it sort of opens your horizons and the only thing I've been ripped off recently on the internet for was trying to buy 2D glasses that revert 3D to 2D because I hate watching 3D I am one of those people that gets weird motion sort of stuff from it so and do you get that walking down the street when things are in 3d i as can't well? handle it so i just want everything to be on a 2d plane so do you <laughs> close an eye when you're driving yeah. or walking down the street because yeah. oh, everything's in 3d yeah. i can't handle it no, something on. about um because especially with modern things how they're only th- putting something bits in, into 3d yeah so yeah. i bought some glasses yeah that claim to turn 3D into 2D. How much did you spend on these glasses? 40 bucks and they didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> and I could never get, I could I could never get hold of Rashid 39 <laughs> ever again. <laughs> oh, I wonder how many other people got uh, got got sucked in with the uh, these glasses. Um, now, also, there were a couple of other updates around uh, apps. Uh, Vivo, which is music videos on uh, demand that came out here in New Zealand uh, in the last few weeks. You used to be able to, you used to have to have a US VPN to get access to that, uh, but it's now officially here in New Zealand and uh, it's on the Xbox. I'm not sure what other ways there are of, uh, of diving in. I, I just noticed it on, uh, on Xbox in the last few days. Um, and the other one is Amazon uh, Instant Video um, and uh, Amazon Prime uh, Video. You can now get uh, on the PS3 where there's been an app that's just been released uh, to do that. We've had that for quite a while on the Roku, uh, but now on the PS3. Again, you've got to have that USVPN uh, uh, setup that we mentioned on the website to be able to get that. Um, but seeing that that's now on PS3 and on Roku, I'm picking that's that's likely to end up on the Xbox in the not too uh, and in the not too distant futures too. So um, Amazon are really sort of uh, you know getting out there and and competing uh, quite hard with Netflix. I'm a big Amazon fan. And I enjoy the the Prime, and I'd mention to anyone who is into doing these workarounds that an Amazon Prime membership is well worth it because um, you not only get this. Um, you get the uh, Amazon Prime Video On Demand service. It also means if you're into that, you're often buying things and getting it sent from a US freight forwarder. Therefore, if you're buying on Amazon, you're getting free freight to the freight forwarder with your Prime membership. So I've found it sort of end, ends up sort of paying for itself. But now there's a bit of a, a bit of a uh, worry if you are used to. Um uh, having that sort of stuff forwarded around, isn't there? Because uh, the US Postal Service is, I think from um, next month, uh, but very soon, is moving into a position where they will not post any, uh, they will not allow anything to pass pass through that has a uh, lithium battery oh, in yeah, it, right? That's right. So that's virtually any any smartphone, whole lot of uh, devices that are no, lo- you know. But that's uh, just the US Postal Service, though, yeah, isn't so it? It's not FedEx. No, so if you're using FedEx and those other services, you're okay. But, you know, some of those sort of lower cost things, you might order a spare battery for your camera or this, that, or the other thing that's, you know, coming from the US and, uh, you know, going through the post. Hey, you won't be able to do that anymore. So, just something to be aware of. And you had a little bit of a story. Uh, oh yeah, I had a... <laughs> about using one of these freight forwarding services. I, had, and, I, uh, I, I get a lot of stuff ordered, and um, I sort of passed it on to my wife, and she was using it. And um, 
uh, all these packages started coming in one by one and they all had error, cannot send, cannot send, because she was buying a lot of hair product that um, can't, couldn't get freighted, not because it was lithium-ion batteries, but just because it was either combustible or the something. chemicals and so on yeah, that are, because that are the, in them. The, the, yeah. Obviously, like 200 mils worth of um, hardcore chemicals, which is not yep. your ideal package for a US aircraft. <laughs> so so um, I, I not, got into... Not unless you're the Taliban, anyway. <laughs> And um, how do you end up trying to... I suddenly had all this Redken-like hair dyeing product on my hands and I'm trying to get back to various retailers. And in the end, I had to just get them to ditch it because it was going to be more hassle to send it back, try and get the refund and so forth. So that is a tip. Do have a look out. There's sometimes... So there's somebody at the freight forwarding company in the US you've been... Dealing with that's uh, got a whole lot of Redken product. Yeah, who who looks um, or probably quite lo- quite a lot of, like a Pokemon if they've used it all at once. I'd imagine. <laughs> but there's a, there's sometimes a reason why um, things won't be sent outside of the United States, and it's not just because they don't want you to have it. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Um, so I mean, just on that, you know, video and um, streaming services. You know, the uh, just this week, uh, Quickflix bought out their app for iPad and iPhone. Uh, as well, so that's available, and they've announced they're doing an Android app as well. So, yeah, no, it's, it's good to see that they're they're spreading across more platforms, and they did give us uh, word that we're going to see that coming out on the Xbox 362. Yeah, uh, and I guess if they're moving through the platforms, they've got Android next, uh, Xbox, you know, Windows Phone will probably eventually get there as well. So, um, no, that, that's great to see. Now, another um, New Zealand story. We've got our uh, domain names here, .co.nz and uh, .net.nz, uh, .school.nz. Uh, there, there's been a uh, request to launch a new one, .kiwi.nz. What do you guys think about that? What would that be, what would that be used for? Doesn't uh, the NZ oh, bit uh, sort of... It's a cover, bit of a, cover it it's a bit of a tragic kiwi thing <laughs> to be honest it's a wee bit cringeworthy it is that thing. oh we've got to have a kiwi and kiwi and if you're going to go dot kiwi it's just got to be dot kiwi i mean do we ne- does that mean that the australians are going to have a you know dot kangaroo dot au dot or okay. then we'll all yeah, then we'll all be arguing over dot meringue and <laughs> 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 Who's got dot pavlova? Well, it depends who gets there first, right? So yeah. if we did dot pavlova dot nz before there was a dot uh, pavlova dot au, then that would sort of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's. Are you going to buy a um a, a die dot? dot kiwi dot kiwi dot nz? Would you? Would you? Uh, I'd consider a dot kiwi. But, but, no, but not the, with the, 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 the .kiwi.nz is a bit too much because I like that's why I love the just the .com. Yeah. I like the just the short and precise. Yeah. I think .kiwi's on its way as well, right? Because I think it is. I think, yeah. I think I yeah. read it was. So yeah. basically, anyone can buy any extension they want now. If you've got quarter of a million US, uh, you can drop that down on the table. You could get .die, and so, then you can sell those domain names to people at whatever you like. You know. That's a quarter of a million. If you're working on big company scale, so that's, that's Coca Cola and so on. There'll be a dot Coke and a dot heroin. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, dot Pepsi. You know, there'll be those sort of things. See, right? would it be worth dropping the quarter of a million on the table to buy dot Coke, and then how much would they would they buy it off you for half a million? Well, you'd have to be right. in pretty quick, and I think yeah. you'd actually get you get shut down because you yeah. wouldn't be able to they'd you wouldn't you, be able to buy somebody else's you to brand and, and win. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. And they'd win a lot more than whatever you, the, than the quarter of a million, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Now, the uh, the other uh, local story that we had was uh, around uh, paperless receipts. Now, I don't know if you guys. Uh, um, saw this one. So there's a there's a company out of um, out of Wellington that uh, are launching a product in conjunction uh, in conjunction with a number of retailers, I believe, and some of the um, the software vendors. So we've got companies here that do software for retailers, such as uh, Vend HQ, which do some really uh, uh, really cool sort of uh, retail software. And what what we're what we're basically going to see, and we've talked about this on the podcast uh, before, is um, 
a situation where you don't have to worry about getting that uh, that printed receipt. So um, these guys, uh, you can look them up at paperlessreceipt.com. Uh, um, they're called Papercut with a uh, with a K. Um, the Papercut paperless uh, receipts and what will happen is you sort of get registered with them and then when you use uh, the same credit card you've used before at these certain stores or um, the same loyalty card it gets to recognize who you are and you've got an email address then or your account linked back to those cards Uh, and then it just sends you an electronic receipt which sounds great to me because you're always losing receipts Look, and I love that and I found I used them. to just um, take a photo of the waitress in every coffee shop but that doesn't go down <laughs> well with the accountant just to prove I was there but they wanted an actual receipt yeah what's that about I don't know but I've got a great collection of photos of waitresses however uh, but I like I, I embraced I love the whole online accounting thing and I've been a big um, proponent of Xero um, and their accounting software which I've used to just joy both um on mobile and um and while i've been at home just for uh, getting through accounting quickly so i love well, it's the nice idea. and easy and you get a, a better visual representation than the older accounting systems you can right, just work you know? your graphs it's not trying to use a spreadsheet or so forth and with the paperless receipts if i can just go receipt time open up a folder in my email search you know because really if you narrow it down there there are few stores to use regularly you know i think mm. The more of this, the better, I think. Yeah. But I, think, I think the way this one will work, actually, there'll be an online portal where you can go and see all of your receipts. So at the moment, you usually have to log an email address with a particular company say, here it is. And I've had this in the US. I've been in a store, and they're like, do you want a printed receipt or an email one? And then you type in, and if you get you know get the email address right, it comes to you via email. This will sort of take care take that away so you don't have to you know manually do the you know jump through those steps once you've got started well i think a lot of people so if they go the way um like like sort of i suppose that apple went in their stores how some there's someone's just lurking around you grab something they scan it send you a email you sign their phone that you know that that's making it easier for everyone you've got details of changing hands and um you're not walking out with folded bits of paper I mean, it, d- it does seem like a you know, a cool idea. I I, I, I hate receipts myself, um, but I do kind of wonder whether the whether it's a little bit of a case of the kind of technologies ahead of the the rules and regulations and policies around it. I know that you know, for instance, when I do my expenses, I have to print them out and I have to staple them and I have to send them away. And um, and I imagine it's the same really? for, for IRD, GST returns and stuff. You yeah. probably you no, probably I think you can get away with all that sort of stuff electronic in most cases. So. Uh, no, it sounds to me like uh, Microsoft need to uh, uh, move with the times a little bit. Uh, here at at uh, at, at, um, at my company, we have a uh, uh, a pretty automated sort of intranet based system that ha- handles a lot of that. Um, there are there are some of those things where uh, yeah, you need to capture that information, but a lot of it can be done uh, electro. In fact, probably all of it can be done uh, electronically. And, uh, you know, we have a system that, that tracks sort of mileage and things like that for people that need to claim that. And that actually ch- happens pretty much automatically, so you what, don't what about, have to lift What about finger. if the IID do an audit or whatever? Do you just give them your username and password, or do you have to print everything out and send it to them? Or, or? Well, I mean, I think those sort of institutions today are happy to be sent electronic files. So right. you could email them, a, you know, a bunch of stuff, and, and they, would look at, they would look at that. Or they'll, uh, they'll, you know, or they'll turn up at your premises and want to and want to look through they'll things. They'll print it out three times. That's <laughs> <laughs> what, what they'll do. Well, they are uh, they are um, a part of the government, so you you never quite know what they're going to do. Although we do seem to have been seeing movements in recent years that the, you know the government are making moves in that electronic space, uh, and so you know I I hope that we'll be you know we'll be leaving this whole sort of printed thing you know behind much sooner rather than later um now we you mentioned uh zero before die um one of the products uh maybe of interest to some of our business users if they've been looking at zero um but uh wondering well what do i do i, I need to handle inventory as well uh there's a company out of auckland called unleashed who have been getting uh 
getting some attention for uh, for their product, and that's an online inventory package that works directly in with uh, with Zero, and uh, they're just in the process of rolling out a uh, a brand new version of that, and it draws on some of the uh, sort of visual cues, I guess, of Zero in terms of um, uh, the way it displays the information, the behind the scenes with some good uh, graphs and so on, and they're just sort of bumping ahead a little bit. I, with lo- that, I love technology. companies like that that will link in with things like Zero. One, I love Zero because I love a fresh young company that will move that if people request things they're constantly coming up with little updates little maneuvers people i'm a bit like what you were going back to with the windows 8 thing if you get a if you've got a big part of your customer base who's asking for one thing and it literally just takes mm. you one of your programmers a swagger time to do it the amount of loyalty and love your customers go awesome. Yeah. Someone there would people are listening to us, and it goes back to with zero. I had a couple of questions. I asked them on their Twitter feed, and they got me back to me within half a day. And it's little things like that. I'd, it was a question I'd never ring up a helpline for, but companies that are actually interacting with their customers are the companies that are really going to move forward. Yeah, no, it's 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 good it's good to see the New Zealand companies that are innovating in a in this sort uh, of uh, you know on a global stage too, and there are quite a number of companies now that are um, you know I guess taking advantage of uh, what Zero have done. They've been smart enough uh, to jump on board and have products that tie in off Zero, and they're you know they're generating uh, that export revenue for New Zealand by getting out and pushing these these products out globally which is, is great and you know un, unleashed is uh, is one of those ones that's uh, that's out there doing it so great to see all right well I think that probably uh, probably wraps it up were there any no, uh, any topics that we missed oh I must say um, you know just on the best gadget purchase that I've made recently has been um, from games spelt wrong G A E M S is uh, my portable Xbox flight case. Ah. You open it up, it's got an HD 720 display built into it, wired into the Xbox, Every, you, it has one plug going out of it. You, you park should, up in a hotel room, open it, plug it in, you should put You should put, put another photo of that up on your Twitter feed because I, I saw that a few weeks ago and it, oh, looks, yeah, it yeah. looks cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, put up, I'll put a fresh one up when it's in, the, in the field and it's been built perfectly to TSA flight regulations. <laughs> it's carry-on. So like, oh, really? It's carry-on? Uh, it's carry-on. Yep. It's all TSA locks on it. Wow. And um, have you got room in the case to fit your VPN router so if you're not in the US, if you're somewhere else, you can actually bring that whole set of kit with you? No, that's the only problem is I need a little small little box but I usually just travel with a little um MiFi which um and just use my New Zealand account on it nice nice okay so uh so it's great and um that was another one of those things you know how sometimes you buy a gadget that you think's going to be ridiculously expensive but this I end up getting it into New Zealand for 378 dollars all up the whole, it, the whole, the the whole, the whole kit. Wow! And it's oh, plus the GST I've had to pay when it landed. But oh yeah, how how much did you get stung for that? Because there's usually a fee over and above the GST itself. Oh yeah, that's that's when I was ringing up. I had they put me on hold just for long enough for me to figure out that that was way more than fifteen percent. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's a sort of a yeah. some sort of collection charge. Yeah, which well, sort of it's a it's like a it's a math inspection fee to make sure you're not bringing yeah, in just, just a, fruit flies or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it ended up being. It was then about probably just give or take 30, on thirty percent on top. Yeah, it was about thirty percent on top. But <laughs> for the joy I'm gonna get when I'm on the road. So I reckon before we go, we should just quickly talk about the Facebook IPO. Yes, actually that was on the list, wasn't it? Good point. So that was that was uh, big news in New Zealand on Saturday morning, I think when when it when it launched. Um, so. $38, I think, was the final kind of price. Yeah, so the final price coming at $38 gave a overall valuation to Facebook of $104 billion US dollars for a company that... How much profit are they making at the moment now? Around a billion profit a, a year? It's around, around about a billion is what I read. You know, yeah. what, so, and it spiked, what, going up $11, and it's played out... It went up to 44 so there yeah. were lots of people buying at 44 and um, basically at the end of the day on, fri- on Friday US time, it was basically propped up by the institutions that made lots of money selling it, so they basically came into the market to, to prop it up so it wouldn't drop below 38 um, Today it's down to 34 um, so kind of interesting, and, and a couple couple of interesting things I picked up about about Facebook was that the the actual shares they're selling um, they're basically called 
A-class shares, which you'd think, A, that's better than a B. The B-class shares are actually better. So with an A-class share, you get one vote. The B-class shares, which are the ones that Zuckerberg and everyone else at Facebook yeah, have got, are worth 10 votes. So even though Zuckerberg is still the biggest shareholder with, with like 25% of the company, he's still got more than... You know, 50% it's, it's, it's some it's of sim- these C-class it's, shares. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's similar to the story that we saw with uh, with Google when they launched. Um, you know, they launched with the intention that even though they might not end up with, um, you know, say half of the shares but between um, um, Larry and Bryn, that the... Um, uh, oh, I got their names right? Yeah, um, Sergey, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, so between the founders and that the the whole idea was that they would run the company regardless of um, you know of the market, and that they were basically the plan was that they would run it in their own way, which is very different to yeah. uh, how we've seen public companies run in the past. And we and I think that we're sort of seeing this new era where there's these companies that that spring up, and they say, well, it's if you want to invest. And, and share in some of our profits you can um, but you're not going to control us running the company how we want to control it we don't want to be run by the by the market uh, which is interesting because when we actually look at the way these companies end up running uh, and, we, and we don't know you know what what Facebook will be like uh, longer term my my worry about the Facebook IPO is not Facebook and its collapse, because I think it'll even out, unlike Groupon and so forth, they actually have a massive steady revenue model, and everyone is on Facebook. My worry is about all the dodgy IPOs that are going to come to the table on the back of Facebook, the, the, and know, the, that's going to cause a bit of a bur- bur- the, burst in a bubble. I, I, I personally kind of, kind of find it kind of quite interesting, because I personally probably wouldn't put my money into Facebook, because mm. if you look at who's selling out, it's the smart money that's selling out, and it's the, it's the Muppets or the the agents of Muppets that are basically buying buying those shares. And, you know, the other thing is, is you know, in, in a few months' time, a whole bunch of those, uh, you know, young developers and stuff at Facebook that have been given shares, they're basically going to be allowed to sell them. Right now, they're not allowed to sell them. So in maybe three months' time, when that comes onto the market, you know, you're potentially going to see a whole lot, of, whole lot of additional shares kind of go onto the market, which will, which, will, which will drop the price down. And a lot of people will buy into it because they will be either your sort of mum and dad or your mid-40s investors who go, I know Facebook, I'm so on Facebook, everybody's on yeah. Facebook, this has got to be a good thing. There's a word that they use, which is the, they, call it the, they call it the Keynesian beauty contest, which is basically yeah. you, you, don't, you don't look at the underlying fundamentals of a company, I think how much you would like to pay for it yeah. so you kind of throw away common sense you don't there. open the kimono if you, you will if we go full circle <laughs> it's it's going to be an interesting one because there, there, there is plenty of potential for you know for facebook to generate more revenue over time I, I and that, you know they they're only well they're more well more than scratching the surface in terms of the user base but you know there's still going to be you know an upside in terms of how that'll grow or could grow over the next few years. You know, the, the, I think the challenge is these is is mobile. You know, yeah. they make they make their money by selling ads through the PC through the web. Now, now, That's you know, true. and I would say that they've probably got most of their eyeballs sewn up. Right? There's only so many people. You know, new new people uh, being born and and dying and stuff. The growth is going to be on mobile. And I, I, you know, I'm not sure how they're actually going to monetize. How, people are going to get pissed off if you've got big ads on your phone. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably one of the, you know, one but of the downs, one of the risks is how do they make money? Well, they notice, notice Zuckerberg's talking about opening up Facebook to under 13. Yeah, so he's trying that. to um, extend his extend his market somehow to the next. Well, you got to get to that next billion, right? Yeah, exactly. And I've there's just, certain parts of the world that you might go for, but they might not have computers yet. So, so the, the funny, um, the, the funny thing I did read about him is um, Monday last week his girlfriend got a doctorate Tuesday he had his 28th birthday on Friday they had the IPO and then on Saturday he got married so he had, wow. a, he had a pretty massive week last week it was a, it was a busy week I mean anyone that, that has all that happen in one week it's um, well you want to do that all before one. your IPO goes out and then, <laughs> then on Monday drops $4 Tuesday drops $5 yeah. if I wanted to be any player in any of these games I'd like to be the owner's the past owners of Instagram and OMG Pop, who um, cut and run when the going was good and got paid billions of dollars 
for untangible products well, so they, I mean, that's and, and this massive bubble of money that's going on at the moment. Instagram is an interesting one because I think, I think that shows you, uh, you know, the fact that Google, uh, the fact that Facebook were prepared to pay so much money, that probably shows you that, the, the, that Facebook's moat, their, their differentiator, is really not that much. The fact that yeah. they were prepared to pay however, you know, however many billion it was. Um, for yeah, a non monetized just, just over a billion dollars, wasn't for, it? For yeah. something that has yeah. no revenue. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, I mean, it shows how much uh, value there was in the company that they could go out and actually make a purchase like that. Uh, you know, very few companies in that sort of position. And I guess they're, they're, they now need to defend that position because, you know, let, let's say uh, there are some changes in the space. And, you know, as Google start linking more and more things together with Google+, that turns into, oh, that's, you know, it's taking away some eyeballs away from Facebook and they're spending more time on, on Google services. And, I mean, Google get a lot of eyeballs at the moment with um, video and search and, and, and so on. Um, and then, of course, there was uh, Microsoft's little quiet announcement this week of their social service, uh, so.cl, um, which is being touted as a, uh, a research tool for students. Um, but online, there's, hey, this is Microsoft's big uh, social play. Yeah, the, I must say the ball was seriously dropped on that video. It is an appalling opening video for a um, service that has got a bad metal tune from Garage Band <laughs> underneath it. <laughs> it's just, I, I personally, uh, it's a bold move. Um, I I just think it may have. Um, it's an interesting. It's Google Plus, basically. I think. And I think it's a. Um, I mean, I I actually haven't used the service myself, but I've read about it, and um, I I think it's just an experiment. It's just yeah. it's just a try to to you know to see how see what it. See no, what no, I encourage these experiments, and that's where I quite like what Google does is it puts something out if it doesn't work, takes it cut, cut and cut and run on it. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I just I just purely watched the video, and um, <laughs> I found it quite quite um. Uh, quite quite a strange launch because you know usually things have quite soothing backing tracks and sort of try and lure you in yeah it's interesting i mean certainly that that uh you know student focus seems to be there through a lot of the material but you know when you jump on the home page it, it doesn't uh you know it doesn't seem to reflect as though this is sort of something that's entirely uh studenty so i it mean it'll be interesting it to seems see. to let you from what i've seen of it, it seems to let you like uh like like share searches together and, and it seems to let you go on youtube and basically share share a playlist between two people at the same time and play things in sync um but yeah probably need to have a bit more of a play with yeah it's it. one of those mm. hard things i think people when they're coming out with services almost now because there's so many services you need that classic thing of any company where you need to be able to explain it so yeah. precisely elevator in a, pitch yeah in a in a sentence this is youtube it shows you any movie um, well, I've been getting into Google Plus a bit more, I must say. I've been enjoying it um, as a sharing Yeah, well, I got a few service. responses to something on Google Plus the other day, which is it's always, yeah, it's always a sort of a, a bit of a surprise when, when, when people respond because, uh, you know, in general it seems that there aren't so many people there. No, I still and, don't and understand. they don't visit it a lot, right? I still don't really understand the mechanics of how it works but um i've sort of found a few um good people to follow and um been sort of putting putting a bit more on and mainly because i've been enticed by their um mobile apps are quite good yep right we're sorry <laughs> we're sorry oh, that, that yep no. was a kind of like yeah no yep i think uh die we're uh we. we're done here as i look at the clock we've broken all the rules uh we try to be this really uh quick and short podcast it never happens throwing uh, them out the window we've had fun uh but we have had fun it's been it's been great having uh having you back in the studio guys uh thank you nathan thank you uh now where do we find you online mr mercer so my blog is nathan mercer m-e-r-c-e-r.com or nathan m is my twitter handle that's probably the easiest way nathan m on twitter excellent good good and die and just die henwood.com and um, i'm die henwood on twitter that's as well nice just and keeping it nice and easy for the kids keep eh? it easy for the kids love it love it alright and uh, if anyone wants to track me down uh, Twitter it's just my name Paul Spain uh, and my blog uh, the the uh, my main one is techjungle.com for all the techie stuff uh, and of course if you would like to uh, 
keep in touch with the NZ Tech Podcast, you can uh, drop us an email, feedback at nztechpodcast.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, NZ Tech Podcast, uh, facebook.com slash NZ Tech Podcast, and our website is just nztechpodcast.com. Keeping it simple for the kids. Oh, yes. <laughs> just or don't open the eat. kimono. <laughs> 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 all right see you guys next week catch ya see ya